Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Nathan, Brian, and JC. Do you like that, Nathan? You I like got to it. go first this time. I was time. first for once You're in so my life. You're so spontaneous. Oh, there you go. It has been a long week. Have y'all have y'all had a good week? It's been a busy one. Yeah, it really has. I, I agree with you. A long week, a lot going on. Hey, there's a lot going on in your life. It's kind of been emotionally draining. So this past weekend was my last Sunday serving as the campus pastor at Rockbridge Community Church there. And uh, man, it was just a Sunday was a great day. I don't like to cry. I, I, I don't like hugging people or shaking hands. I'm a germaphobe. I don't know if y'all knew that. but um, That's why I hug you every time I see you. Thanks for that. Especially in the middle of a pandemic, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't have known there was anything going on with all the folks kissing my neck. Like one lady kissed my neck and it was a little awkward. I was like... Can we do that? Are we getting by with that now? Okay, let's go. But um, She's been waiting for eight years to kiss your neck. <laughs> was it like uh, an 80-year-old grandmother? No, she was 75. So <laughs> That's uh, okay. Yeah, but it, it was a good week. It, it, we said goodbye to uh, Rockbridge, and I closed that chapter. And so I get the whole month of October off, and uh, we're moving to Statesboro, middle of this month. And uh, got two houses, one to close on here and sell, and then one to buy and close on here in the next couple weeks so we've got a lot to come up and load the u-haul and move and i'm glad to be in the studio with y'all tonight not packing it's gonna be great gonna be great (laughs) yes do do y'all ever do that do you listen back to the episodes i i have honestly i have never i have not listened back to any of our episodes other than the ones you send us for that week when we're proof listening to it i can tell you with honesty i have not gone back and listened to any of the episodes again but what i find every episode is i've started marking down every time i'm like it's great or i love it now people are going to be listening for that but i say that all the time and brian what's one of the things that brian says i heard it the other day he's like hey do y'all mind if i say this i've caught myself saying and yet yeah i haven't even noticed that that and i'm editing on that note, I do say it's great a lot. That's kind of like my transition in my brain. So I'm going to stop saying that. It's going to be great. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Free Life Soap. And uh, have y'all got your shipment in yet? Dude, yes. Oh, it's it's amazing. amazing. I love that stuff. It's amazing. We say that every time, too. <laughs> it is amazing. It is. It's it awesome. It is. I found one this time that I don't think I've used before, the the tobacco scent yes man i put it in listen i just set it in the shower and put the water hitting it and the smell just filled up my entire bedroom and bathroom you need to try it it's like i will try that like a scent bomb or something it was absolutely (laughs) incredible is that the brown bar of soap yes that's the one we're using right now it's It's so amazing yeah so good and the shave butter free life soap is absolutely incredible and now that fall is setting in and the nice cool autumn nights you can get some free life soap and Get your little blanket and snuggle up next to a fire and smell cozy. As long as they don't come out with a pumpkin spice bar of soap, I'll be okay. Pumpkin spice lattes. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Never. I did pull up to Starbucks the other day, and I was embarrassing my wife, and I ordered like that. And the girl on the other end of the line was just laughing her head off. And I was like, why are you laughing? I just want a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, free Life Soap. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the Free Life Soap tab. Use the promo code RFP. Get 20% off of your order. We also want to thank J Radio for letting us use the studio here. And coming soon to the J Radio playlist will be the Recovering Fundamentalist playlist. And I'm excited about those hitting there. Guys, it has been a fun week on Twitter. I don't know if there's a lot of folks that are on Twitter. If you are on social media, go like and follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find us at RF Podcast 3. And it is a 
plethora of excitement on the Twitter account. We've got a guy on the hook right now that thinks he's like hurting our feelings, and oh, we just I keep kind of agging him on. He doesn't know that we like that. Like, like, keep coming at us, bro. Yeah, I got over that a long time ago. I think some of these IFB guys are realizing that if they tweet at us, that we might respond to them, and it's going to build their following. We're crooked. Uh, we're liars. We are, what's the other word? It was not just crooked and liar, but there was another word. We're dishonest. We're, um, I mean, we're all kinds of things. Guys, I've been knowing both of you for a long time, and I've walked closely with you. I never knew that about either one of you. <laughs> and so I'm so thankful that someone who's never met any of us has given us all of this insight. Isn't it amazing when people in the fundamentalist movement really believe they're the Holy Spirit? Mm, that is. And, and I learned today that JC actually has a thing for guy memes. Male actors. Ooh, there you go. Well, I, I speak yeah. in meme. I don't know why, but I can respond better in a meme than I can in words. And I guess I do that because I'm not a female, so I don't respond with female memes. It's rocket science, but yeah, it is what it is. You oh, well. are the master of gifts. I will give you that. <laughs> you, I can't tell you how many times, JC, at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> like I'm trying not to laugh, and and like I'm shaking all over, and I'm making sounds like, <laughs> you know, trying not to wake Denise up because you put just the right gift. At just the right moment, uh, you, you have actually given me a love for gifts. I got to be honest. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual gift. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. If I could have had a gift in that moment, it would have been right. Is it a gift yeah. or a meme, though? What's the difference? Or is it a gif? A meme Ooh. is still. I call it GIF because that's what I started calling it, and I can't get it out of my head. But it's yeah. probably GIF. I don't know. I don't my, know. My kids feel strongly about this, and we've had this conversation. But I think a meme is still a GIF. A GIF yeah. is, is moving. It's video. Well, we have a gift for you, our RFP family. Bam! This is starting off tonight. Speaking of Twitter... We have the man, the myth, or the woman, the myth, the legend. We're starting a non-account October, and tonight we have fake sermons going to be on with us. IFB Preacher Clips, this has been one of our favorites, and uh, it feels like we're working in unison together because they love the podcast and we love their show, and uh, it is not either one of us, and so they're coming on. I'm ready to get this show started. Y'all ready? I'm ready. Absolutely. Let's go. Starts in three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts, Brian, Nathan, and JC. Hey, what can last longer than a Faith Baptist camp offering in a Dean McNeese message in the same service? Nothing. <laughs> a container home from podlife.house can. 
Whether you need adorable or absolutely affordable, let the team at Podlife.house design an eco-friendly pod home for your guest house, your second house, or for that offended husband, maybe a dog house. Visit them online at Podlife.house and start designing your own space or view pre-built models that are currently available. Hey, I wonder if they could come up with this special pod that's like a hunter's luxury blind. It's like heated mm, and I'm cooled. sure they could. And there's like a little place where you can stick your gun out so you, you don't let all the heat out. And you can have like a big screen TV and a fridge. That's nice. Is that hunting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's my kind of hunting. Listen, my kind of hunting, I, I don't necessarily hunt. I just nap. And so I get up real early in the morning, go sit in the tree stand, and I guess my snoring snares them all away because I haven't killed anything in a couple years. It's called napping for me. <laughs> so hunting is not your talent. Oh, I love to hunt. I'm moving to South Georgia, baby. We're about to do some uh, major hunting down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually killed a buck in South Georgia one time. Did you? Yeah, I was right down in that, that same area. But, hey, I do have a unique talent that I haven't told you guys about that I can't wait to demonstrate. Breaking news yeah. on the RFP. Our intro is fire. I've actually memorized everybody's tone and the way they speak. Dude. I knew it. Like the tune that they say everything in. I've memorized every bit of that so that I can do it just ahead of them and do it exactly like them. So you can go ahead and applaud. That's, that is my new talent. I can't wait to hear it. You going to yeah, save I, it for us or are you going to do it on this episode? No, I'll save it. It needs to be a big moment. It needs to be a big mm. deal. I can't wait. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? On the I, edge of your seat. You know what I can't wait for? To get into IFB Preacher Clips. Fake Sermons is here tonight, kicking off a non-account October. So you may be asking yourself, and I know that we have some that are Brian's age and older, that are wondering, what is an anon account? <laughs> well, an anon account is an anonymous account that a lot of folks don't like because they're trolls. And sometimes they are. We have our own trolls. J.C. Graves is not me. But what we have to understand is they, they serve their purpose. I still think it's you. They still serve their purpose. And tonight we have one of our favorite Anon accounts, and uh, it seems like we're working in unison a lot of times, and that's because whoever runs this, it's, it's Brian. <laughs> that's because whoever runs, whoever runs this account loves the RFP, and uh, man, fake sermons, IFB preacher clips. If you're not on Twitter, go make a Twitter handle. Follow us at RF Podcast Three on Twitter. And start following fake sermons at fake sermons, and you can see all of this glorious content. What I love about this this Twitter handle, he doesn't make anything up. He literally no. takes sermon clips from real sermons in context that are really preached, and he just plays it, and it blows up the internet. So let's jump right into it. So tonight we're going to welcome to the studio this incredible account that you're talking about. IFB Preacher Clips. Guys, can you believe that we're actually having a conversation with IFB Preacher Clips? Mind it's amazing. Is blown. This is Twitter royalty right here. Yes, because when I think about IFB Preacher Clips, like I think about Secret Agent or like 007, James Bond, because this guy lives behind firewalls and all of this protection and all of this anonymity. He's shrouded in anonymity. And, and yet tonight we get to have this awesome conversation. And I want to start the conversation by asking the question that, that I, I can't get off my mind. All of us know this takes a huge investment, a huge time investment. 
there there's a lot of editing that goes into this there's finding material i i couldn't even begin to imagine finding all the material so the question i want to ask tonight right out of the gate is what drives you to run ifb preacher clips in the first place and what do you hope comes out of it first let me put to rest any remaining questions I'm a real person, but I'm not one of the RFP guys. For those who don't know, I run the Twitter account known as IFB Preacher Clips under the Twitter handle at Fake Sermon. The clips are 100% real, but the Twitter handle is a play on the fact that what many IFB preachers actually preach are not real sermons based out of scripture. One thing that I take great care to do is post the clips in context while still having to stay within the 2 minute 20 second time limit. I've received criticism for remaining anonymous. There are many reasons for that, but let me address this. Based on recent events, it appears one of the burning issues of this time facing IFB preachers everywhere is not abuse cover-ups, not addressing bad theology, not reforming the problems, no, it's worrying about online accounts that post videos of their public sermons. There are actually IFB pastors right now who are more worried about the who is posting their sermon clips than the what is being said behind their pulpits. Hey preacher, let me tell you something. Some of these anons posting clips of you might just be former members of your churches. They might be the ones who were spiritually abused by you, but didn't get to say anything while you use them as sermon illustrations in your preaching rather than you be challenged because they were not allowed to touch God's anointed. The reason these IP preachers hate Anon accounts so much is that they might actually have to address the issue without being able to instead right away attack the person who challenged them. That should tell you a lot. Which is really ironic considering that some IP outlets are they themselves built on using video clips of worldly churches, quote-unquote. One guy has called himself the Anon Slayer and has gone after pages like mine. I want to tell you, there's a lot of folks out there that they think that they need a psychiatrist. The truth is they just need a preacher. There's a lot of folks out there think that they need a pill, but the truth is they need a pulpit. There's a lot of folks out there that they think that they need rehab, but the truth is they just need to be rebuked. Hallelujah to God. They think they need counseling, but what they need is a church. Hallelujah to God. That's what they need. I believe that today. I believe you take the roughest crowd that you can find, and you, you find the most way out crazy man in the town, and if you sit him under New Testament preaching and put the Bible in his life and let him read the Word of God and hear a preacher rip his face off and rip his lips off every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I believe that man will get help and get straight and become a functional, faithful, fruitful Christian. Amen to God. Amen. Some of you didn't like that, but that's all right. I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. Thank God for preachers that'll preach on things. Amen. Preaching on vices. Preaching against everything that moves. Hallelujah to God. There's a bunch of neo-evangelicalism creeping into independent fundamental Baptist churches, and they're saying things like, well, well, don't be confrontational in the pulpit, y'all. Y'all, you with your passive-aggressive sermons are really not helping people. You're driving more people away than you're bringing towards you in your local New Testament church. You know what that is? That's effeminacy. Paul says, I was rude in speech, and I'm going to tell you something. I'd, listen, I'd rather hear a preacher get up and act like Hulk Hogan than get up and act like Pee Wee Herman. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Yes, 
Brother, amen. I was saying brother before I even got saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Hulkamania. Hey, praise God. Hallelujah. And I was a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. It's nothing like watching him pick up a big old man and throw him down. So hallelujah. That's America right there. Amen. amen. By the way, some of you are Democrats. You don't even know it. Amen. Liberal sissies. Eh? Listen, come on, guys. We're going to try to we're going to try to attract people. We're going to have some ideas and try to try to get them in and try to, you know, love people into the pews of the church. Guys, come on, guys. Don't be like that with your bad attitudes. Can I tell you today? That's weird. You're weird. I'm not weird. You're weird. Looking at me writing books saying, well, now, come on, guys. That, that kind of stuff, that beat-em-up personality, that overly aggressive, passive-aggressive type pulpit mentality, pulpit ministry, that's not what people are looking for today. Doesn't matter what people are looking for today. When I was a uh, teenager, I liked football. In my freshman year of high school, I joined the Decula High School football team, and I was a starting strong safety on the Decula High School football team. I loved it. I loved beating people up. I loved it. It was fun. It was exciting. And if you don't like that, then go enjoy your sissy soccer games and leave me alone. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. That's a communist sport. I'm against communism, and I'm against soccer, and these pretty leg men running everywhere get on my nerves. Amen. You leave me alone, you weirdo. Hallelujah to God. <laughs> against you. Leave me alone. And uh, so I played football because I'm a man. Because I have testosterone in my system, not estrogen. Testosterone in my system. I'm, I'm feeling a snare on that one. Amen. This same individual messaged me threatening that he was going to get the page taken down if I didn't remove his sermon clips and that of one of his friends. Here's the thing. I don't respond well to punks. I would have rather had the account go away than for this guy to dictate what does or doesn't go up on the page. These same guys are the ones trying to shut pages like mine down while they make their living from posting clips of videos on their YouTube pages. It must be nice though to get paid monthly financial support from churches as a field missionary to a foreign country while living in the US and spending all your time building a YouTube empire. They get paid for it, I don't. I don't benefit personally from this and I don't have YouTube subscriptions or Amazon affiliate links to create revenue. If you hear an IFB preacher go off on Anon accounts and call them basement dwellers, it's likely they are incapable of being challenged because they can't defend their own words. This page is not about me though. These IFB guys getting upset about their preaching being exposed, having a bigger spotlight shown on it. And they just want to attack the source rather than address the content in the videos. Anon accounts posting video clips actually force people to focus on the content. Think of us as whistleblowers because that's what we are. I often get messages from these guys threatening me and demanding I reveal myself. I've had actual physical threats made from real people on Twitter. I've been told in all caps how I should be fearful for touching God's anointed and will be judged someday. Also, I've been told that I'm going to hell and can't possibly be saved for mocking the man of God. Which is ironic considering the sermon clips are their own words so you could really say they are making a mockery of themselves. So it takes a, an incredible amount of time and effort to do this, so why do I do it? Well, I believe it's important and there's a need for the IFB movement to be challenged directly by their own words and deeds. 
Many IFB pulpits have not been held accountable for what is said behind them. I know for a fact that there are many, many IFB church members who watch these videos and suddenly see the preaching in a different light for the nonsense that it is and for the first time actually question it. Given the pedestal that these men of God are put on in IFB churches, that itself is a huge first step. The emoji, the mog. The man of God. You touched, you touched God's anointed. That's why in Psalm 105, one, one, uh, verse 15, touch not God's anointed. Let me tell you something. You better not rise up against a man of God. You're going to get God in a killing mood. For so long, these people have been browbeat to believe that everything the man of God says must be obeyed and that even his preaching on his preferences, such as clothing and music, becomes law for their lives. They couldn't explain it, but the man of God said it, so that settles it. It's really hard for people outside the IFB world to understand why people would subject themselves to attend these kinds of churches. For many IFB members, that's all they've ever known or were taught. So speaking for myself, I was in that situation. Asking questions is not allowed in IFB churches. So you just fall into line and go along with everything and conformity creates comfort. It's actually easy to function in that world if you follow all the rules. So if I had seen earlier that it's okay to challenge the nonsense that is happening, my eyes would have been open to the truth. I'm not bitter, but I am recovering. Just because you leave the IFB movement doesn't mean you don't believe in fundamentals of the faith. I want the people in these IFB churches trapped by the chains of legalism to see these videos in a different light that just maybe might create questions and challenge themselves to search the scripture and test whether what beliefs they follow are because of biblical principles or what their pastor told them to do. But understandably, some of them are scared because unless you've been in that situation, People don't understand that there's real fear in leaving the IFB. Friends and family may disown you because you left, so any questioning of the old paths is considered a threat and must be dealt with. Many of these preachers have never had to face any challenging questions on what they preach, so they don't know how to respond. They're inflicting spiritual damage on their people and need to be called out for it. What IFB Preacher Clips has done has pushed back on what has been assumed to be truth for a long time without any sort of challenge. And it is exposing the IFB preachers who aren't sharing truth for the charlatans that they are. This account would cease to exist if these guys would acknowledge their error, repent, and stick with the scripture. But that's not going to happen anytime soon because this account has exposed a truth that should frighten members in their churches. These men have no allegiance to the truth. Their allegiance is to themselves. Each one of the preachers listed on IP Preacher Clips is known for promoting themselves through the internet. Not truth, just themselves. So at some point it had to be called out. Hey preacher, if you don't want to be featured on this page, stop saying stupid nonsense. Wow. Bro. You just laid it out there. Stop saying stupid stuff if you don't want to be featured on the Twitter handle. I mean, you can't get more blunt than that right there. It's absolutely incredible. That was dropping Thor's hammer. Like, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, that was real. That was so good. Hey, let me ask you this. What would you say to those who think that you are damaging the cause of Christ with this Twitter account? No. 
The sermons and leadership practices are what's damaging the cause of Christ. When a man of God gets mad that his clip is online, what he's really saying is that he really doesn't like being challenged on whatever he is subjecting his church members to week after week. Also, the abuse cover-ups are damaging the cause of Christ. Look at how silent the IFB movement is overall when it comes to abuse. Oh, there are a few lone voices out there, but those are usually ostracized by the rest of their circles and then disinvited from any preaching invitations or associations they may have had. Look at the recent Sword of the Lord conference. Two of the main speakers have been involved in documented abuse cover-ups in their churches. One of them had to resign but is now pastoring another IFB church no problem. Not only do they not publicly address the issues, it's all kept in-house and hushed up. This may include the IFB shuffle, otherwise known as when preachers directly involved in abuse are exposed for covering it up go to another church without explanation to the former church or to the new church as to why. The new church may not even realize the circumstances under which the new person was silently brought in. Many IFB pastors will counter with, but we're independent. I've noticed that whenever you see or hear this phrase, it indicates an unwillingness to address some type of abuse or manipulative practices within that church. Here's the thing. I heard a couple guys on an IFB podcast once say that the Annan accounts feature less than 10 or more of the crazy preachers, as they say. Which is really a laughable statement. I've lost count how many have been posted on here, but here's the thing. These are the only ones that get posted. If one pastor is featured on this page, he likely represents a large number of other preachers who preach the same way or who have the same ideology in their churches. You just won't ever see them publicly. For every so-called big-name IFB preacher out there, there are many others who mimic what he's saying or copy what he's doing. Another thing is that you won't ever see IFB members post links of these kinds of preachers on their social media, but they're quick to post things from others outside their movement and ridicule them endlessly. You have that helium sucking crowd. Sound like they sucking helium. Hallelujah. 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 They took the shout out and put the helium in there and people sucking helium. You have a bunch of tongue speaking women with their wrists pointed out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ever get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll scare a bull. An angry bull. An angry bull wanting to charge a Spaniard. Eight member praise team where they all stand up and they sway back and forth and they, they read the words in the wall and they do this and they do that. All they want to do is show up and run the smoke machines and the light shows. All they want to do is show up and have their 7 Eleven concert and their rock concert. Our God is an awesome God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Let us sing. One of them 7 Eleven songs just. Thou art awesome, awesome, you are awesome, 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 and he knows my name. These 7-Eleven songs. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's seven words 11 times. <laughs> Am I okay? Yeah. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great. How great is our God. 
7-Eleven songs. Now they're bringing in the big screens and they've got the purple lights and the, the smoke screens and the pastor's coming in in ripped blue jeans and a graphic t-shirt sitting on a stool drinking a cup of coffee reading out of his, you know, Reader's Digest version and talking about loving and caring and sharing and all that kind of junk. It's contemporary. It's out of hell. And the devil's... Hey, listen, the devil's having a heyday in places that are supposed to be churches. They want a little sermonette for the Christianette dressed like a majorette driving that Corvette. Somebody help me. This is not Burger King religion, have it your way. This is Wendy's religion, old-fashioned, hot and juicy, praise God. These, these little liberal potato string backbone rosewater take their tie off and grow a big beard. Everybody okay? And call themselves a soterial man, whatever that is. Sound like, sound like a diuretic problem to me. Is everybody okay? Sound like something wrong with his digestive system. Amen. I admire Charles Haddon Spurgeon, but I really think he should have shaved. These guys do impersonations in the pulpit, making fun of more worldly preachers, as they put it making merciless insults about their clothes, preaching style, music, I could keep going. Have you ever seen them do that for guys in their own movement by name? No, they're too scared to. If IP preachers were as concerned about addressing those within their movement with as much fervor and tenacity as they do attacking ministry methods outside their movement, there would be a lot less abuse in this nonsense that is constantly being pointed out. They need to start calling out their own and acknowledge the problems and issues that are there. But what are pointed out as differences are usually nothing but a repackaging of some sort of legalism or preferences-based standard of living. It should be really called the Dependence Fundamental Baptist Movement. Many preachers are dependent on each other to figure out what rules and standards to live by. If you don't believe that's true, look at the groups of preachers that associate with each other and then who they won't associate with. Usually it's based on different camps they've grouped themselves into. The Hiles group, camp meeting crowd, the more refined West Coast type church. They really believe mostly the same, but few stylistic preferences may vary. But it's ironic the same people who don't want to be defined by a label won't give the same courtesy to others. What about men of God who endlessly berate other good pastors and constantly cast impunity on their motives just because they aren't IFB? Have you ever heard any prominent IFB preacher get up behind the pulpit and say one good thing about other preachers who are outside the IFB movement? No, because in their minds any affiliation outside the IFB is bad and they would be branded as a heretic or even worse, a compromiser by their preacher friends. Instead, they endlessly mock anyone who is outside their movement and church is not as strict as their own. Look at how much they are obsessing with the term recovering fundamentalist. It's a threat to them because they're worried people in their church might leave. Here's the dirty little secret. Most of these IP guys couldn't actually debate the issues theologically or intellectually. Oh, they're aggressive behind the pulpit, but get them away from there and they melt away. They will deflect, block, or avoid having to engage on the issues. That's why they love honorary doctorates so much. It's the stolen valor of the IFB movement. 
Honorary doctorates give them the feeling of academic prestige without having to demonstrate the intellect or effort to actually earn one. Hashtag ouch. <laughs> Is everybody okay? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Is everybody okay? He's got his hand cut behind his ear. I can just see it. Wow. So many thoughts going through that, but just not wanting to interrupt that amazing flow of thought. Wow. Okay. It's incredible. So I've got a question. You often post videos of preaching on preferences such as clothing and music, and we've talked a lot about this on here, but what is wrong with people in the IFB having stricter standards? You know what one of the big ironies is within the IFB movement? Preachers who preach against the Pharisees in the Bible for adding legalism to the gospel do the very same thing, but actually on a much bigger scale. Because the man of God has the authority in the church, he gets to dictate what rules that the church members follow in order to be in good standing. These seemingly harmless rules are actually used as manipulation to control people, though. It's not as simple as, oh, these people are just trying to serve God as they know best. If you follow the trail of dress standards in the church, if there are very strict policies, it's because the pastor decreed them. Look around the church to see if there is a high level of uniformity. If everyone looks the same and acts the same, you'll know there is strict control from the pulpit. If there is variation, that's a good sign because the pastor is likely leaving it up to the individuals and not screaming about women not wearing pants for the, from the platform as an example. There are so many clips out there of preachers coming up with insane standards to live by that are all disguised as old paths because he said they were. You could talk about the garbage being shoveled from the pulpit going off on clothing standards. They'll tell women nurses to change careers if it means wearing pants in their job or wear long jean skirts while they're skiing down the mountain or you know how long you let the toddler wear pajama sleepers lest they be perceived as pants but all that aside let's let's use music as an example today but you know, I, don't, I don't see where in the bibles where, where we're supposed to perform right right you're right, right. I see right. we're supposed right. to sing unto the lord exactly so yeah. i'll be honest with you when you sing unto the lord you're not worried about mistakes you're just you're singing to the lord you're not worried about shining things over or or, or, or making things acceptable. You want to do your best. You would do your best, right. but but it's not one of those things where you're trying, and you dead sure don't charge for it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, He's, right. You've got a lot of people that they say, "Oh, we have tons of people saved at our venues," so they're charging people to come in and hear that you're selling the gospel. Yeah. And when, when it comes to the gospel, that's a whole nother side exactly. factor because yeah. a lot of people justify what they do because of the gospel. And sometimes people think that the number one job of a Christian is to give out the gospel, so, and that's what we're supposed to do. But according according to the Bible and God, our number one job is to glorify God. Yep. And that's Amen. number one through obedience, mm -hmm. not yes. through giving out the gospel. Giving out the gospel is in obedience. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's a doctrinal problem here. So they have 25 people saved at their, their venue, their concert, that they just charged how many dollars to go come right. see. Great, they had 25 people saved. So when you lead someone to Christ, what's the first step of Christian growth? Baptism, Baptism. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did they have a baptistry there? Do, or do, do they, they have right. an decision cards? Is an organized church? Where do these converts go? Do they send them to the Presbyterians? Let's call this what it is. 
Absolute garbage. Here's why this matters. Guys like this will browbeat their people into believing that if they listen to music from a Christian singer who might use gasp a drumbeat or charge for coming to a concert that they are not following true holiness. See what happened here though? The man of God said what is right and wrong. When they do it over and over in their sermons, it becomes legalism disguised as doctrine and people just don't know any different. They won't challenge it though because the man of God said it. By the way, this guy says that Christian singers should never charge for their ministry of music because it's selling the gospel. Does this same guy have any problem with collecting a paycheck from his church for preaching every week? Can they go ahead and cancel love offerings for, the, for America's premier evangelists who are performing in pulpits all across the country when they sell the gospel? Sorry, I, I digress. Let's go back to this clip for a moment. Do you think that a person sitting in his church would dare go and challenge him on this nonsense? No. Here's why. Nobody has ever come up to me and tried to talk me out of what I've said in the pulpit. Nobody's been that dumb. They clearly can tell. There's a man, he means what he says. And that's why preaching needs to be preaching and not teaching. Because preaching comes with some earnestness to it. You know, this is really sad if it, if it weren't true in a lot of these churches. The Idea Day Network recently had a really good podcast episode on legalism that demonstrates this point. The preacher who constantly preaches legalism on his people is actually searing their conscience. Let's use an example. A dedicated IFB person who hears a drumbeat in music is immediately put on edge because they've been told how evil it is. In fact, they've probably heard at youth camp that if you play rock music or country music backwards, demons will rise up out of the speakers. So these extreme examples are tied to the fact that some IFB forefather somewhere decided that drums are too worldly and it's a tradition that's been passed on as old paths to be strictly followed from generation to generation. So when the IFB person hears a beat in worship music, they immediately get that uneasy feeling inside that they think is the Holy Spirit. They don't realize it's not the Holy Spirit guiding them. It's actually a seared conscience. Look at drums in the Bible. Whenever it's in the context of music, it's usually used in a positive light. But besides that, why is it that music is the big boogeyman in IFB as something to be strictly monitored and cannot be listened to unless it follows strict codes? My music should have a rhythm that, that does not dominate that does not dominate. My accent should be on one and three. And like I said, let me just, let me just say this, music nowadays is uh, uh, the devil's trying to turn inside out proper music. So again, like we mentioned earlier, the, where, where proper music has one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, the devil turns that inside out and your rock beat is your one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Okay, he, he, he does it backwards. And the same thing with uh, a lot of your, your primary versus secondary uh, triads. Your one, four, five, which is supposed to be the backbone of your music, 
um, you don't see it as much. The one is being minimized. The four and five is, are being minimized. And your primary triads are now becoming your secondary triads. Your secondary and any, anything else is, is coming to the forefront and harmonically everything's turned inside out. And the balance is being shifted. So rhythmically, make sure you don't have um, um, a lot of syncopation. Syncopation is, is a nice tool sometimes, but overuse of anything ruins it. This clip about the backbeat is actually a lecture on music given in a prominent IFB Bible College training pastors and musicians in churches that will then tell people the rules that they should follow based on what they learned from another man of God. So in this case, the two and four versus one and three beats could be very problematic because as they say it can never appeal to the flesh. In fact, depending on what area of the country you live in, certain styles of music are meant to have some toe tapping. Why can't some music just meant to be enjoyed? It's like food. There's good food eaten for fuel or nutrition. There's other food that's just meant to be enjoyed. Somewhere they decided that any non-Christian music is not allowed either. IFB preachers are the ultimate buzzkill because they will find a way to make things that are meant to be enjoyed as somehow evil. It's that constant search of new rules for living to add in in order for the man of God to maintain a controlling grip on his people. Legalism has two outcomes. Either you feel hopeless because you can never measure up, or you feel like the expert and demonstrate arrogance toward others. When it comes to preference-based issues, let the Holy Spirit do that work in people's lives and let Jesus be Lord of their lives instead of the man of God. Bro, how can we add to that? I That's mean, incredible. You just dropped some fire. That was absolutely incredible. Totally. <laughs> Reeves. I mean, I'm listening to you talk, and you're saying so well the things that need to be said. Mm -hmm. This is You're just saying what's true. Man, you, you just speak with authority. My brain explodes sometimes when I hear that guy talking about the backbeats and syncopated rhythms in the frontal lobe. I, I watch those videos on one of our guests that's coming up on the 14th of October, Northwest Seminary. He posts videos of this guy all the time talking about the frontal lobe and how the backbeats. And he talked about an egg that you could put on the front of the stage and the, the, the rhythm of the bass is like cooking the egg. And he's like going into, he does seminars. And I don't know what it is about this guy, but he's like, the way that he says syncopated rhythms it just makes me syncopated it's that's just the silliest <laughs> garbage i've ever heard it it's, really is it's so i mean have your standards i'm not going to knock you if you don't listen to certain types of music but he's implying that that's a standard of holiness it's ridiculous and go back to what reeves was saying he's talking about concerts are bad and things because spontaneous baptisms was that what he was talking about no what he was saying is that people come to the venues and they receive Christ, and then they're not instantly or immediately baptized. So is he Church of Christ? Do they actually baptize people the moment of conversion, or do they go a few weeks in between conversion and baptism? He may have just said something really dishonest. To me, I wonder, is that not the job of the local churches? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, if they were baptizing people there in the venue— he would be saying, oh, they're acting as a church, they're acting as a pastor, and they shouldn't be baptizing them there. So, I mean, you can't win. No.
Hey, let me ask you this. Do you think there's hope for the IFB movement? We've asked this question a lot. We've talked about this a lot, but can it be saved or reformed? No, I don't believe it can be. If you hear a preacher brag about following the old time religion, run away. But I'm here to tell you, if you're a fundamental Baptist, you're right. That was weak. I said, if you're a fundamental Baptist, you're right. Oh, we can do better than that. If you're a fundamental Baptist, you're right. And we don't have to take the back seat to nobody. And every once in a while, we ought to have a pep rally for the right kind of church. And stop being embarrassed by those who go to the wrong kind of church. And I never thought I would see the apologies that leaders are making for old-time religion. If we're right, we don't have to apologize for it. Let me go ahead and get on this. Do you realize the first martyr on the pages of the Bible, the first one is Abel, and that martyrdom was over old-time religion? That tells me, Dr. Gray, if people hated old-time religion in the very first book of the Bible, they're going to hate old-time religion. If they hated it in Genesis, they're going to hate it in our day. And the first martyrdom on the pages of the Bible was over somebody who didn't like a blood sacrifice sacrifice, which is old-time religion. Hey, if I hated old-time religion, I wouldn't be a sticking hypocrite and eat a Cracker Barrel. Could you imagine being a member of that early church? Could you imagine who you would have had the privilege to fellowship with? Can you imagine who you would have had the privilege of sitting at their feet and hearing them preach? But wait a minute, time out. That was not only true of that infant church, but that is also accurate about old time religion. If you'll just look hard enough, you'll see a of us, why there's uh, Abel, and there's Elijah, and there's John the Baptist, and there's the converts here at Pentecost, and there's Sam Jones, and there's Billy Sunday, and there's John R. Rice, and there's Oliver B. Green, and there's Tom Malone Sr. Oh, listen to your friend. What I just love about old-time religion is the heavenly associates. That is one of the dumbest and most misunderstood labels you could use because none of them know what it really is. These followers of old-time religion have been preaching for decades about getting revival again and hold revival meetings all the time. Revival is the Sasquatch of the IB movement. They don't really know what it is, but they'll know it when they find it. It seems like lately the movement is being challenged intensely from the outside by those who used to be in it. The Recovering Fundamentalist podcast is doing so much good because, as you guys say, truth doesn't mind a challenge. This is a time of challenge for the IP movement. We're going to stick with the old time. Say amen right there. We ain't recovering from nothing good and able. We're reviving from the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen right there. I'm allergic to uh, Calvinists. I'm allergic to compromisers. Uh, I'm allergic to recovering fundamentalists. Oh, on and on I could go of things that I'm allergic to. They'll go and start a recovering fundamentalist club. Uh, I'm allergic to uh, recovering uh, fundamentalists. Amen! 
The reason that all these guys are bristling so much at the term recovering fundamentalists is because it undermines the system of legalism that the IFB movement feeds on. It's not about following the fundamentals of the faith, it's about how many layers can we add to it so that it seems like old-time religion or old paths. Basically, it's a race to see who can be the old paziest of them all. The IFB movement is dying. Just look at what they are talking and not talking about. Dr. Matthew Lyon was on another podcast and was asked about how much abusive leadership there is in the IFB movement. He said that, quote, If a pastor is teaching fundamentalism, then their theology is abusive. It's all about power. It's not about love. Fundamentalism is a system based on hierarchy, authority, and power. It creates a haven for abuse of that power, end quote. He's absolutely right. What's really telling is when you look at who the IP movement chooses to feature on their prominent stages, like the Sword of the Lord conferences and Old Paths conferences. Yes, that's a real thing. Let me say that there are good people within the IP movement. There are also good preachers within the IP movement. But the problem is, is that they are the small minority. The problem for them, though, is that they cannot openly challenge sacred old-time religion orthodoxy or they will be branded a heretic and become sermon illustrations by the old guard of IFB who are always for, on the lookout for compromisers to destroy. I've had clips on this page that are examples of that very thing. You know what you don't see from the guys who get featured on this page is humility or seeking forgiveness. A sign that the IP movement has hope is if you would see an acknowledgement by their leaders is that things they've said were actually wrong or they've recognized some of the problems with what they've done in the past. These guys preach sermon after sermon demanding that their church members come down to the altar and get things right with God. But the man of God? He never needs to apologize for anything. After posting hundreds of these clips, there has not been one case where one of these prominent IFB preachers has ever gotten up behind the pulpit and apologized for just one thing they've said or recognized problems that they are causing. This doesn't happen because the pride and arrogance for these men of God is so huge that they cannot possibly lower themselves in that regard. Unless the IP movement can recognize some of these issues that are being discussed on outlets such as RFP and other places, the movement will continue to die. There needs to be a sobering humility set in. Even better, the good voices from within need to be heard and not ostracized by the old guard who fiercely defend old-time religion at all costs. Finally, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. It's such a great ministry for those who are struggling with questions and maybe even hurt by bad doctrine. Keep doing what you're doing as it is a huge encouragement to so many out there who are recovering not from the fundamentals of the faith, but breaking free of legalism that negatively impacted their lives. Well, uh, I just want to thank you for sharing everything that you have. I can honestly say this, you have literally spoken volumes tonight. And what you just said really resonated with me because 
I've been talking to multiple evangelists, and they all say the meetings they're going to are getting smaller and smaller. When you see different clips on your Twitter account, at times they're preaching to empty buildings, shouting about how powerful old-time religion is and how it still works. And, you know, friends of mine who are still in the Southern gospel industry, their concerts are basically empty. And even most prominent groups are singing in smaller and smaller churches to smaller and smaller crowds. And I agree with you. That system needs to die. And in your answer to that question, I think you challenged every good, decent, biblically-minded person of integrity to finally step away from this movement. Stop identifying as independent, fundamental Baptist. Hey, keep your same beliefs. Hold on to the same truths that you cherish. Love bluegrass music. Love southern gospel music. Love hymns. I don't care, but step away from a movement that is filled with just so much toxicity. And so that was a powerful answer. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, You've said things in a way that I can't and that I haven't. And hearing your answers, like I've wanted to scream, I've wanted to cheer. (laughs) You know, all of us, our faces have been just about to explode, but what you were saying was so good, we didn't want to interrupt. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because of you, this has been a powerful episode. So so whoever you are, <laughs> hmm. thank you so much for, for trumpeting truth and for taking all the ridicule that you do. Uh, stay in the trenches. And by the way, if I ever say something stupid or if I ever say something against the Scripture, put me on IFB Preacher Clips. <laughs> hound me to the max because i deserve it and you've been called gutter snipish <laughs> i think you've proven tonight with your own words that you are a marksman mm. the precision of what you spoke tonight is powerful it's good and i'm just honored that you would uh speak so highly of the rfp and we thank you for coming back on this is your second time on the rfp and know you have an open door to come back anytime and i think this is a great kickoff for our anon account october that's going to be coming up we've got um, wrestling pastor coming up next wednesday october the 7th followed by northwest seminary on the 14th we have lloyd legalist coming on on the 21st and then we're wrapping it up with the piggly wiggly revival the loving pastor on the 28th of october it's going to be an incredible month, and I thank you, Fake Sermons. You got it started off right, and uh, you have dropped some bombs on here this evening. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to us this weekend. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, leave us a review uh, on wherever you're listening to this podcast and help us continue to climb the charts. Guys, we tapped in to the top 100. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. The top 100 podcast, we tapped into that 29 episodes in. This is absolutely unbelievable, and uh, we're continuing on. We've got some absolutely incredible things that are going to be coming your way toward the towards the end of this year, first of 2021, that you want to stay tuned and be a part of. All right? Hey, it's been a great episode. Thanks for being here with us on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Y'all have a great week. Be sweet. 
Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.